0: This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. New guidance regarding online transaction authentication is soon expected to be released by the FFIEC, highlighting financial institutions' needs to improve device identification. Today we get some insight into the guidance from Reed Tausig, President and CEO of fraud prevention provider ThreatMetrics. I am Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Reid, much has been said about the updates the FFIEC is expected to soon issue to its 2005 online authentication guidance. One update relates to the topic of device identification. Can you give us a little background about current device identification measures and why the FFIEC has pinpointed device identification as a weak point?
1: Uh, Hi Tracy, Uh, thank you very much for the um, uh, opportunity to speak with you. Uh, Historically, device identification has relied on cookies, uh, browser-based cookies, and uh, Adobe Flash. And the difficulty with that, as uh, pointed out by the FFIEC, is that these cookies can be copied by fraudsters, uh, put on a different device, and as a result of that, create fraudulent devices that in the bank's view are previously authenticated. So I create an account, I log into uh, my financial institution, Wells Fargo or Bank of America or or whatever uh, financial institution it might be. Uh, That bank downloads a cookie onto my browser and every time I log back into that account, you may see this doing your own online banking applications. Uh, you often will see a screen which says please wait a moment uh, your, our, your security is important to us and we want to authenticate your device or some language along those lines historically that's been based on a flash cookie and a browser-based cookie uh, and what the fraudsters figured out is that once you have an authenticated uh, device like that if i can compromise a consumers device whether that's a, a device at an office or your home um, I can then copy that cookie, put it onto my own device, and now using your credentials, your logins, because I've fished your device, I've fished your identity, uh, I can log onto the bank as if I were you uh, and uh, the device is authenticated. So the FFIEC recognized that as a result of the increase in, in the number of ACH fraud instances, Uh, and has advised uh, its uh, banking community that they need to upgrade to a more sophisticated and stronger uh, form of device identification.
0: Now, according to this December draft of the guidance, which has been widely circulated throughout the industry, um, so-called simple device identification should be enhanced to include one-time cookies that offer a more complex digital fingerprint of a PC that looks at characteristics like PC configuration, internet protocol address, and geolocation. How would you distinguish this more sophisticated device identification from the identification many institutions rely on today?
1: So the issue with uh, the solutions that they're presently uh, incorporating um, have a number of drawbacks. The first one that I mentioned is that they are subject to uh, cookie copying uh, and therefore uh, creating multiple authenticated devices when in fact they really are not. But the second issue, of course, is that uh, the traditional means of device identification is incapable of determining what the true IP address of that user is. So uh, what happens is, as a fraudster, uh, I manage to compromise your device and your credentials. Uh, I now access your financial account. Uh, but I'm going to do so probably from behind a hidden proxy. It's well known that as much as 70% of the online fraud that occurs in the United States originates outside of our borders. Uh, you know, locations include Romania and China, it was recently written about. Uh, these fraudsters tend to use hidden proxies, so they will demonstrate to the bank that I'm originating this application in Chicago, but actually I'm in Romania or I'm in Beijing, some location like that. And so what the FFIEC is asking for uh, really is two things. Um, First of all is to be able to truly determine what the true IP address of that consumer is. and uh, The second issue is uh, a means to determine whether or not a cookie has actually been copied. In other words, is this a authenticated device um, that was stolen from some third party. Um, however, if the cookie has been uh, either deleted or in fact has been stolen you need another factor. Think of it as two-factor authentication on the cookie itself Uh, to be able to uh, authenticate the fact that this device is legitimate.
0: Now, when it comes to device identification, Reed, I'd like to have you help us understand the role that banks play in helping to verify their own devices and then the role that the merchants or the commercial customers play in authenticating or identifying their devices. Where do the merchants fall into some of this FFIEC guidance when it comes to device identification and its use to curb ACH fraud?
1: So This is a really interesting question and and I think a very complex question uh, as you start digging into it. As you probably know, there are a couple of lawsuits right now in the courts uh, that were a result of ACH fraud against businesses where the banks are claiming that in fact it was that business, it was the merchant that was compromised and therefore they are not liable for the losses. Uh, and the merchants, uh, predictably so, are claiming that the banks, in fact, are the custodian of their funds, and just as they have large steel safes to uh, uh, to stop physical bank robbery, they should have logical measures, uh, computer measures, security measures in place, uh, to stop a virtual or Internet uh, robbery of the funds. Because, I mean, really what this really comes down to uh, is is bank robbery, uh, whether it's done electronically or whether you walk in the front door and and demand cash uh, at the counter. So uh, the thing that's interesting about this, and in this recent FBI report, uh, I think uh, demonstrated the complexity of this, uh, is that the fraudsters are targeting uh, smaller and regional banks. Uh, relative to ACH fraud because these banks are typically less prepared. They have fewer resources and expertise uh, to protect themselves against online fraud. But you have to recognize as well that these smaller banks, regional banks, are probably doing business with smaller companies who are equally as poorly protected. So, you know, IBM uh, will end up uh, doing its banking business with Citibank. You have two very sophisticated companies, Citibank and IBM, who have a lot of protective measures uh, in their networks to stop Internet fraud, to stop ACH fraud. Uh, but now you end up with a situation where you have, um, you know, Taylor Machine Shop, which is a 15-person uh, you know, machine shop located here in California that's making uh, unique aircraft parts that may be a $15 million business. Uh, and as a result of that, what they're looking for are banking relationships that understand small business, and that ends up being a regional bank. You take it a step further in terms of where the points of access are, uh, many small business people um, also end up accessing their accounts and accessing their, their business transactions from their home computer as well. So, you know, you have a typical small businessman, you see it on television commercials all of the time, uh, where at uh, 11.30 at night from his home office, he's processing payroll or he's, or he's making payments to, uh, to his vendors. So you really have three points or more uh, of access for these fraudsters. You have the person's home computer, which is probably not well-protected. Uh, you have that company's office computer, and let's put it into small business uh, for the moment, which is not particularly well protected. Uh, and then you have a regional bank's uh, processing system, uh, which probably is better protected, but not as well protected as in a major leading bank such as Citigroup or Bank of America uh, or what have you. From the fraudster's viewpoint, they can access the network from any one of those three locations. My personal view is that um, I think that uh, all parties are responsible for the protection of their own assets. And I don't think that, and and by the way, I think the FFIEC guidelines also point to this direction. I don't think that the banks themselves can say, your uh, computer, your PC was compromised, and as a result of that, Uh, you lost uh, $500,000 on an ACH fraud transaction, I don't think that they can absolve themselves of that responsibility. In fact, they are custodians of your funds and in so doing have pledged to you uh, that that they're going to protect those funds. Otherwise, you would put them under your mattress. But on the other hand, I also think that the businesses themselves, as well as consumers, uh, need to... Uh, step up to the responsibility of the fact that online internet fraud is a fact of life. It's it's the new Cold War cyber terrorism, if you will, uh, and that so every point in the chain uh, needs to be fully protected relative to uh, ensuring that you're not fish that that uh, fraudsters can't put um, malware on your device and, and be able to take advantage of that.
0: Now you've noted this recent incidents in China, you know, where we've seen some ACH transactions hitting these smaller institutions as well as these smaller businesses, and I'm wondering what does this trend tell us, Reed, about the need for stronger authentication, and do you think that perhaps on some level consumers and maybe merchants and commercial customers themselves have just been experiencing so many breaches, they've seen so many online transactions compromised that in some ways they're just suffering from breach fatigue?
1: Well, I think that if you start losing uh, significant amounts of money uh, on a monthly basis to internet fraud, um, that the uh, the breach fatigue is probably highly energized by the fact that uh, uh, that it's causing significant losses. I mean, if you look at a small business, for example, and and the recent attacks in in China on these regional banks probably dealt predominantly with small to medium-sized businesses. Uh, You know, a loss of $100,000 or $200,000 from your bank account is a significant uh, impact to your operating capital. So I absolutely believe that it it gets their attention. I think the problem that they have is uh, trying to find a cost-effective solution uh, that can be implemented given the technical resources uh, that they employ. And if you look at a lot of credit unions or small and regional banks, uh, many of these uh, institutions outsource the majority of their backroom banking operations to uh, third-party providers. They have very limited uh, internal IT organizations. And that's probably true of the merchant or that company itself. In other words, the the company that I just spoke of, a local machine tool manufacturer, has a lot of capability and expertise with re- back to creating machine tools or aircraft parts but probably doesn't have any expertise when it comes to setting up uh, anti-fraud measures uh, using complex software products. Uh, we think the solution uh, is in fact to turn to the cloud. Software as a service where companies can provide, immediate solutions with a minimum of IT resources uh, required on the part of the customer to install those solutions uh, at a very reasonable cost and be able to provide a very effective solution um, towards from the bank's viewpoint first first and foremost uh, meeting the FFIEC guidelines but frankly also uh, in terms of providing their customers uh, with a secure uh, operating environment in order to, uh, to stop this kind of online activity.
0: Again, we've just heard from Reed Tausig, CEO of Threatmetrics. Be sure to catch part two of this interview, during which Tausig explains how solutions that focus on device identification, coupled with those that focus on log analysis, can offer banks a more holistic view and transactional awareness. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.